Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Today, I'm excited to welcome Lori Micah to the show. Lori is an inspirational artist whose ideas appear to her, fully formed in her mind, inspired by the other side. Lori's life purpose is to help other people by sending positive energy into the world. Her daily soul whispers have inspired millions of people to unlock their own personal strength. She built a career in sales working for a Fortune 500 companies and now lives in Arizona with her dog, Storm. Lori's greatest hope is that through her story, you will understand her signs in a way that lets you recognize signs from your loved ones. Welcome, Lori. Hi, quick little announcement. If you are interested in my program that's coming up, it will be, I think I'm going to release it around January or February, um, hoping for January. It's going to be about a 10 to 12 week program. I will be doing live workshops as well as live coaching. You'll have the opportunity to also learn from some experts that I will be bringing in around the concept of past lives and soul contracts. And we'll also be helping you really figure out a way to make sure that you are tapping into your essence and living your life backwards. So if you want to uh, click on that in my show notes, you'll be added to the wait list. You'll be the first to find out uh, when the program is launching and be able to sign up there. Um, and I think that's just about it for today. Thank you, Amy. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to hear your story because who isn't a 80s, who isn't an <laughs> 80s child that isn't a fan of Starship? Right. Exactly. Right? Yes. So, so tell us a little about that for people and what, what that means to you. So, and for people who don't know Starship, okay. who was Starship? Yeah. So, Starship actually has a very long career going back into the 70s. They were created back in San Francisco as Jefferson Airplane. They morphed into Jefferson Starship. And then ultimately in the 80s, Marty Ballin, who was the lead singer, left and uh, Mickey Thomas came in and took over. And so, if you were an 80s child, you're probably familiar with songs like We Built This City, Jane, <laughs> um, No Way Out and they were very prevalent in the 80s and so their 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 music is is still around and you can definitely hear it and mark was a part of that band my passed away loved one that we're going to talk about today so tell us how your love story with Mark came to be. Okay. It was a little unconventional. It, it really was. So every year in the, in the summertime, we would always go to a family reunion. But this particular year, I saw a flyer that both 38 Special and Starship were going to be performing in my town. And so rather than going to that family reunion, I made the decision that we would stay home. We'd celebrate my daughter's birthday. And I was going to go to these concerts. I was really excited about it. My son, I 
ironically had just begun playing guitar. And so um, when we got to this concert, he pulls out a guitar pick and says, mom, do you think that we can find a guitarist to sign my guitar pick? So I wandered around. I went to a t-shirt booth and talked to a man who was working the booth. And he happened to be the concert promoter for the entire show, gave us backstage passes. And the next thing you know, we're being whisked off and meeting these rock stars from different bands. And um, the, uh, the backstage pass was good for the next day. So before going to see Starship, I did a little bit of research online. And since I was going to be meeting the band, I saw that Mark had in his previous life before joining Starship as their lead guitarist had been a guitar teacher. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I need to connect to him and maybe we can get some good guitar hints from him and my son can get his little guitar pick signed and everybody's happy. So that was very innocently how everything happened. But the day that I showed up for that concert, unbeknownst to me, Mark and his bandmate Jeff were sitting on the sidewalk. We walked right past them. But moments before that, he had said a prayer in his mind asking for a beautiful woman to come into his life. And it was a total love at first sight connection when I walked by. And that's kind of what started everything in the background after we, we met and actually had a formal introduction. And and so what happened over the course of, it was just a couple of years that you two knew each other. We did. So it was very complicated. I was married. So I entered into what started out as to be a very innocent friendship. I remember the night coming home from the concert, declaring to my husband, I'm really good at relationship building and I'm going to start a relationship with this guy. And hopefully next year when he comes back around to our town, then, you know, maybe we can get our son a guitar lesson. And that was really how everything started. So we came up with questions to email, to ask him. And it started this whole conversation between Mark and I, and he very quickly began to cross some lines. And I started to, to have a need fulfilled that I was really unaware was unfulfilled in me. And that was an emotional connection with a man. It was missing in my marriage. And he started to fill that void. And he was a very... Um, he was a very, very deep person. And so we would explore all these spiritual topics. And I started learning more and more spiritually, growing more and more. But our connection turned from a friendship to definitely um, what I would call um, a um, an affair. Uh, it wasn't a, a physical affair at the time. It was just a, an emotional affair, but still very damaging because anytime you fall in love with somebody outside of your marriage, you know, it's an affair, no matter how you want to label it. But the intention was not that when it all started. It just, it happened in a way that probably was unstoppable because our connection to each other was very unusual. I learned later that we were twin flames, which means that we are mirrors of each other's soul. And when twin flames come together in this lifetime, they do so for a purpose and a reason. It's usually to change the energy of the world, to help the world in some way. And although we did not fulfill that while he was physically here as my guide and spirit on the other side, he certainly has helped me and been um, the wind beneath my wings for creating all of these paintings that I've sent in the, into the world with wonderful energy. And of course, the book to help people to understand that our loved ones never die and they can connect with them. And are twin flames typically uh, here to do their work together in a physical body or it doesn't really matter? They could be 
like you said, he's helping you on the other side. And how is a twin flame, I guess, different from a soulmate? Okay. Those are excellent questions. And I actually uh, did a podcast called Twin Flames Explained Kind of, because there's so much complexity behind this. So we have soulmates and I'm not talking about romantic, the person that, the one and only person that fulfills you. We have many, many soulmates. I believe that anybody of any um, consequence, anybody of any, you know, connection in your life is a soulmate. And those are people that we have known and probably gone through many lifetimes with before. Twin flames never incarnated together because the energy can be tumultuous between them. They are mirrors of each other. And the purpose of twin flame energy is to come together to hold each other to a higher standard, to their highest purpose and growth in order to grow and evolve. And sometimes that can be very painful. And that's why it's a tumultuous relationship. It's usually includes one or both running away from the relationship. So that is kind of what I experienced with Mark. It was a come together, push me away, come together, push me away. But it was so magnetic, neither one of us could escape it. It was just such a strong mm-hmm. connection. So the purpose, though, of the twin flame energy is to come together to create something that you could not create on your own, in your own soul. By combining the souls and the energy, you create something bigger in the world that you agreed to do as a job before coming here to this lifetime. So to answer your question, you could potentially do it where both are incarnated now. And sometimes twin flames do not come together. One stays behind to guide and help and push the other one, but the energies are still working together because it is just energy and energy is, you know, not something that has to be uh, located together in this physical plane at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is that if twin flames came together, like you and Mark did, perhaps in physical bodies, sometimes the relationship is so intense and so chaotic that it doesn't, I have so many questions right now. This is not the direction I was anticipating the interview going, but we're going to go with that. Um, That, that because it's so intense, you can't stay together? Or is there a soul contract that you're supposed to work together to work through? So I believe that there's always a soul contract with twin flames. It's to do a very specific job, but you can't forget that the biggest gift that we've been given in coming here in this human incarnation is free will, which means that that supersedes any contract that you have with another another soulmate's uh, twin flame or anybody else, because you can choose to, um, to go forward and complete that contract, or you can choose to nullify it and not do the job because there are other factors that that uh, work into it it's very difficult usually twin flame relationships are fraught with a lot of difficulty because the energy is so intense it's difficult for people to want to be their highest version of themselves that takes a lot of work a lot of commitment and sometimes souls either aren't ready to do that or not willing to do that and that's usually what happens and why they part ways which is what happened to mark and i because although we were together for um those two years on and off ultimately we decided to completely sever our ties and part ways and we had not spoken for three years no contact and so your marriage ended My marriage ended. I moved away from it. Correct. And then you and Mark kind of went back and forth for a while, right? And then you severed ties. Yeah. And then you had a premonition. Well, during that time, I did get to back together with my my ex-husband. We never completed our divorce, so we were back together at that time. And one day I was walking. I go on a daily walk, and I had this thought 
that Mark died. And I thought, wow, what an unusual thought. I'd never had a thought like that before. And I just pushed it away. It didn't make sense. But when I got home, I was taking a shower. And I feel like when you're doing very mundane activities, very repetitive activities, your mind can get to a place where it's very open to spirit. And all of a sudden, this this um, thought came in that Mark not only had died, but had died in a plane crash and that his bandmates would be contacting me. And I thought, okay, the first thought was odd, but this was even odder because in my mind, if I were going to create a death scene for Mark, it would have been from lung cancer, from smoking, not from flying, which I thought was a very safe activity. Although he was on planes all the time, I never would have imagined if he died, it would be from that. So I knew it was not my thought. And so instead of throwing it away and pushing it away like I did the first one, I thought about it for a while, trying to decipher why I was having a thought like this, but ultimately got on with my busy morning getting ready for work. And then what happened? So about an hour and a half later, my dad had gone to work and CNBC had a ticker with news across the bottom of his, of his computer that, that said Mark Abrahamian had died of a heart attack at the end of a concert on Sunday of Labor Day weekend. It was now Tuesday and the news feeds were picking this up and my dad saw it, sent me a text message expressing his his sorrow in losing Mark, and I never saw it. And my mom called, and I was driving. The phone never rang through my Bluetooth system. I never picture, picked up her phone, but she left me a message. And when I did ultimately hear the message, it didn't make sense. So when I called her, she explained what had happened. So the news of Mark's death was actually, they. I feel like Mark's spirit found a way to have it delivered in the most sensitive way possible through my own parents because I was no longer connected to him anymore. I no longer followed his whereabouts, what he was doing because we had ended our relationship and I was back together with my husband. And what, how did you make sense of the premonition being a plane crash versus a heart attack? Um, I think that what they did was they just showed me, they were showing me that it was something, a thought outside of myself. That's what I think it was. I don't think I would have had a symbol for heart attack. I didn't really hadn't experienced that very much in my life. I don't think that that would have been something they could have connected. Maybe they tried and it came up as that's not working. So we'll send her, we'll send her something else. Because mm-hmm. I think spirit deals with whatever you can understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that would have been a and, very final death, right? A plane crash. Right. And so what was, what had been sort of the nature of your relationship in those two years in terms of spirituality and what he brought to you? And then how did that, how did you feel like that continued okay. or or sort of re, re, re-opt, yeah. right? Because it wasn't like you were in a relationship. So I think this is interesting because typically when we talk to people about their loved ones, it's people that they're connected with right. when they die, not like I didn't see him for three years and suddenly he's back in my life, but he's dead. Oh, right. Oh, so such a a great question. So the first one I'll answer is that when Mark and I would talk, um, most of our relationship over those two years, we'd lived in different cities for that entire time. So our discussions were always on the phone. We spent hundreds of hours talking on the phone. And because he was such a deep person, he would read lots of spiritual books and then he would tell me his beliefs and we would talk about them. And I was just like a, I felt like I was um, in school and I was absorbed 
absorbing every lesson and learning. And I remember how foreign it sounded when he first talked about things like reincarnation. That wasn't in my belief system. Um, and he would talk about energy and connection and all these different topics that were just were were things that I had dabbled in a little bit. And so as he would he would kind of open my mind, I would go and research things on my own and I would find books about like Edgar Casey talking to people or different mediums having stories like Alison Dubois. And I began my own search and my own spiritual growth and practice. And I've read hundreds of books now on these subjects. And even after we stopped our relationship, I continued evolving my spiritual growth and learning through reading and, you know, listening to other people talk. And, and so, um, not having a connection for three years is what I'm going to call an illusion because on a soul level, when we're very connected to people, we have threads, we have um, cords that connect us and those cords cannot be severed their energy. And so they don't go away. So the illusion of a three year non contact was just that we, we, we always had this ability to feel each other. And so I don't think that that ever went away. There had not been a single day since I met him where I didn't think about him and thoughts or energy. So even though we're not in a real communication, writing each other an email or speaking to each other or texting each other, those energy and those thoughts are probably even more powerful than any of those other written um, forces would have been. So even though we were not connected in those what people can consider a typical earthly connection. We were connected so spiritually that nothing had changed between us when he died, despite having not spoken for three years. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. And, and so how did you first connect with him after he died? So the first real big connection came four days after he died, where I was given a sign that was so big, I couldn't push it away as this is, um, this is not him. So remember, he had been the lead guitarist of the band Starship. So that morning I got in my car and I turned my car on and no music was coming out of my radio. But the screen said, Jefferson Airplane with your love. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's Mark. That was my first thought. But then my left skeptical brain wants me to prove everything. So like, of course it could be Mark, but would he really still be connected to me? We hadn't spoken for three years. Did he still think about me every day the way I thought about him? Did he still care about me? Did he still love me? I very much questioned all of those things. And I could push any button on my radio and it would play whatever was playing on those various XM radio stations. It would play whatever it said was playing on um, the AM radio stations, but the screen remained frozen with Jefferson Airplane with your love no matter what I did to my radio. Mm. But since it was XM, I thought, well, maybe my subscriptions run out. So I called the XM radio company, waited on hold for 20 minutes, explained the situation. And the man told me he'd never heard of anything like this. There must be something wrong with my radio and offered to reset it remotely. And I reluctantly agreed. And the reason I mean reluctantly is because oh my gosh, there was such a big part of me that wanted it to be him, wanted him mm -hmm. to be connecting with me from the other side, wanted all that I believed spiritually to be real. But then I, I could not, I could not, not challenge it. So I agreed and let them, let them go ahead and reset my radio. And he did and nothing changed. 
My radio remained frozen. I even got in and out of my car, starting it and restarting it twice. And every time the screen was still frozen. And then I arrived at my final destination, my girlfriend's house, who had um, attended almost every concert I'd ever watched Mark play in. And she walked out to the car, looked at the screen and said, hi, Mark. And when I came back from my lunch, it was gone. Hmm. And that was the first of many, many signs. So as I would receive these, these different signs from Mark, some of them were music related, others uh, were, were more specific um, to, to things that were special to us, dreams. I would record them in a journal because I understand how the mind works and you can attest to this, but absolutely we remember yeah. things incorrectly. We think that it's the right story. We would swear in a stack of Bibles 20 years later that the story we tell is the real way something happened. But our mind catalogs and um and stores things in a different way and we can change those memories so to make sure that they were never tainted i wrote them down as soon after i would get a sign as i could so that i would not misremember the way that these signs had happened because i knew that that would happen over time and i wanted well, to preserve I, them yeah and i think that that's sort of i have a couple of thoughts on that i think one that's that's sometimes the difference between going to a medium and experiencing it yourself mm -hmm. is at least in my experience of those really profound signs and synchronicities yeah. is they're still as clear to me now as they were when they happened. Yeah. Like there's something about that, that just like my first visits from my aunt that I had are still as clear in my mind. I couldn't remember a dream I had last night. Yes. But those visits are so crystal clear. Yeah. And the signs that I've gotten are so crystal clear. And yeah. I think sometimes you're right. Our mind does start to question and guess because I think as we get further and further away from the experience, we try to left brain our way. Yes out of it, right? Oh, that couldn't be. That was just a coincidence. And I find the same things with mediums as well, is that sometimes when you go to a medium and you have that experience afterwards, while you're in the moment, you're overwhelmed and it's the most real experience you've ever had. Yes. And then you step away from it and you start to question and doubt yes. and all of that sort of left brain again, back into it. Yeah saying, well, that couldn't be, or they could have known it this way. And that's why I really encourage people to open themselves up so they can have these experiences because it's irrefutable when you've had it. Right. Absolutely. And so Mark has been gone now for um, eight years, but he still continues to send me signs. And I've had a very unusual series of signs that have happened 23 times over 18 months that for me are such uh, a huge example of how signs work and how spirit communities manipulate electronics. So obviously Mark and I were super connected through his band. And the last time that I saw him alive, he played a concert with the band Toto. And um, oh my God, I, I know, love Toto. I know, right? I'm such an 80s. Me too. Like Africa, <laughs> Rosanna. So thank you for saying Rosanna, because this is the perfect segue into it. So at that at that concert, Mark um, and I, um, I was, we had been kind of apart for a little while. We'd kind of reconnected. This is before our big three years of no connection. And he came to town, but I didn't know it. And he called me asking me to come to this concert. And I was like, well, my parents are in town. I don't think I can. He called me like three or four times asking me again, almost, he would never beg because that's not his, so not him, but he wanted me to come. And then he finally told me, all right, we're playing with Toto. And as a surprise, he 
stepped up on stage after the song Rosanna ended and went into a two and a half minute guitar solo that he had created just for me. Oh my gosh, Amy, it was one of the most special moments I have ever had. So that concert was the last time I saw him alive. And then things changed and we went into our three years of no, of no communicating. So this special sign that I've received is related to the sign Hold the Line by Toto, which was one of the four songs they played that night. And what he's done is it happens every time on XM Yacht Rock Radio. A song, will it'll say the song is playing. And then instead of playing that song, Hold the Line will begin playing over it. The screen is still frozen with whatever song is playing in Yacht Rock's programming but hold the line plays. Sometimes it happens where the song plays, the song ends, the screen freezes and hold the line plays over it. Sometimes it happens when it says a Yacht Rock commercial is playing, but every time it's the same thing, it's hold the line. He's done it 23 times. And I now have verification from Yacht Rock Radio. They do not play hold the line on Yacht Rock Radio. They play it on 80s on 8s. They play it on classic rewinds, but they do not play it on that station. So um, it's absolutely confirmed. I have video recordings of it. You can go on my um, YouTube page and see the three-minute recording of how that works. But that's a perfect perfect example of a spirit using a very specific sign and manipulating electronics to get our attention because when this is happening it's not playing for anybody else it's only playing for me and of course it has such special meaning for me because he's picked a song that he played in the last time I ever saw him alive and and you went on a search sort of after he died to connect absolutely with him and kind of kept falling flat a little bit. Yes. How did you ultimately, how were you ultimately able to kind of confirm some of this? Well, the first time, so I had a medium that I had had, um, that I had gone to for many, many years before Mark died. And um, I did have a reading scheduled with her right after his death and her father died. And so she canceled my reading. So ultimately I connected to her. He had died in September and I connected to her in December. So it was only a few months after he died. And one of the first things she said to me is, did you, have he's telling me he's asking me to, to show you you had this knowing that he died right before you heard the news that was him connecting to you body mind and soul to let you know that he was okay and that he was still with you so that was the first confirmation but i had many many confirmations and i think it's very ironic um I didn't, I was not familiar with the term twin flame. Twin flame was given to me by a woman who is an angel connector who um, I connected to in a very unusual way uh, through a series of synchronicities. I connected to this woman and Mark's mom was also directed to the same woman. She had done an internet search for um, a medical intuitive and my sister had called me and said, hey, I had this reading with this angel woman. So we wound up, his mom and I wound up connecting to the same woman within, on the same day, one hour apart from each other to have readings for completely different things. So when her information was given to me, it had a different validity because of how I found her and connected to her. So when she told me that Mark was my twin flame, um, I really, really and truly believe that 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 was true. And, and I began to research twin flames. But over time, I've had at least an oracle and four other mediums 
without knowing anything, not even knowing that I'm in a relationship, bring up a twin flame connection between he and I. So where do things stand with you now? Like what sort of journey path? I mean, it sounded like he set you on this path before you, you know, in the beginning of your relationship. Yeah. He's been gone eight years. So I guess overall you were sort of together and are still together for 11. Yeah. 11 years. 12 years. Yeah. 12 12 years. Yeah. So what does your life look like now? And how do you see your relationship with him And how do you see him continuing to help and guide you from the other side? So I think the most interesting thing that happened was that as I was failing to connect with those medium readings in the early days after he died, I kept getting canceled. I was canceled three times by one medium and twice by another. So, you know, when, when that happens, there's something else going on. And ultimately I was, I was directed to a woman who said, Uh, that she's an energy healer. And I was like, I don't want to talk to an energy healer. I want to talk to a medium. But when I recorded her session, she said these mantras to me, you need to hold the space for love. You are nothing but pure love. You are love. And um, she'd given me some very comforting messages from Mark in that reading. And so I would go on my walk and I would play the recording of our session. And one day, as I heard those mantras, I saw in my mind, these hearts flying with these banners on them. And I was not a trained artist, but I felt compelled to paint this picture into reality. So I spent two days doing that. And then every day after I painted that painting, I would be on my walk and I would see this picture in my mind of hearts flying with these banners on them. And I decided to paint 40 paintings in 40 days. I don't know why 30 sounded like it wasn't enough. 50 sounded like too many. Mm -hmm. And as that 40th painting was getting close to finishing, I looked on the calendar and realized I was going to paint the 40th painting on Mark's birthday that had not been preconceived in any way, shape or form. So I realized that he was very much behind these messages, which were all very spiritual in nature, designed to help empower, especially women to understand that they can have, do and be anything that they want in this lifetime. So these hearts fly with these banners and these inspirational messages that I've created to go with them called soul whispers. And I began putting those into the world. So I think that that was the first part of the work that Mark and I were doing together. I ultimately created 400 of them and they have been shared all over the world um, I've been on online with them since um, 2014 I have about 140,000 followers who who follow it and um, get inspiration from it so that's just one of the beautiful things that we've created together energetically wow well this is such an amazing story I mean you, Amy. and your book Tell us a little about your book, because your book's a little unique, too, and how you how you pair things. So um, remember, I had collected I'd started writing down all of my signs. So shortly after I had filled up a book at the two year point with lots and lots of signs, Mark came to me in a very short dream. And he said to me, I'm most proud of our story. And that next day a chapter formed in my mind. It wasn't my thought because you know how your thoughts work. Like imagine that you're helping your kids with their homework and you're helping them write a paper and you come up with this great line. And then they say to you, what did you just say? And you're like, I don't know. It's already gone. Right. That's how Mm -hmm. memory works for most people. But when I would get a chapter that was from the other side, 
it could be in my mind for a two, a two mile walk and I could get down and just transcribe it onto paper. So much of this book was um, transcribed, but the first part of the book is about Mark and my journey, our story, our love story, our love affair that we had. And the second part is about all of the signs I received mostly over the first two years after he died. And the reason that I created this book this way is that I want people to understand when they read my story, they can see how Mark and I were connected and it helps you to understand why I would have received certain signs. Then they can take that information and apply it into their own life with their own passed away loved ones and their own stories to help them see their own signs. Because we always get signs from our loved ones. It's just a matter of, are we open to them? Are we dismissing them as coincidences? Are we afraid to want to believe that our loved ones would really send us signs? And I'm here to tell you that when your loved one dies, they never leave you. They know exactly what's going on in your life. If you had anything that was unsaid, they have heard your thoughts. Every time you think of them, they are right there next to you as a normal person would be, but just in this energy form. And they love us and they never leave us. And they want us to know that they're okay. So they send us these signs to help us keep the connection alive so that we can get comfort knowing that they're with us, guiding us and helping us. That's good information to leave everybody with today. So if people want to find out more about you, where can they do that? So I do have a website uh, called Lori Micah. It's L-A-U-R-I-E. The last name is M as in Mary, A-J-K-A.com. You can go to the tab about my books. Uh, there's a few chapters that you can read for free. And then there are links to purchase it on um, Amazon and uh, barnesandnoble.com. There's also a playlist to go along with this book called Signs Surround You, Love Never Dies. It's on Spotify. It's free. So you can listen to all that great 80s music that I use to connect um, the story of Mark and I. And uh, just a little bit of unusual way to, to do a book, but I, I hope that people really enjoy that part of it. It's just a fun way to connect because every movie has a soundtrack to it. So my book has a soundtrack to it. Well, I'm excited to download the, um, the, the playlist for sure. Yeah. It's Give me a, a good eighties playlist and I'm happy. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. You'll love it. Thank, thank you, Lori, so much for your time today. This was really a, a fascinating, beautiful story of connection that, that exists not only with our loved ones who are close to us when they cross over, but that could also exist with other people with whom we've had ties and, you know, maybe some unfinished business. Right. Yes. Thank you so much. I love your show. Thank you for letting me connect with your audience. And Amy, thank you so much for doing what you do to wake up the world and send positive energy out. It will come back to you in ways you can't even imagine. Thank you. I hope so. It already has. It already has. So, and I look forward to more. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.